set. Places, everybody. And action. And welcome back to another Rough Cut. Yay! We're just putting out content, you guys. Yes, content for that ass. Um, so on this episode, we are discussing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, directed by Quentin Tarantino. I mean, obviously. Yes, I mean, <laughs> if you didn't know, well, now you know. Um, yeah. Ashley and I both went to see it um, the opening weekend, and mm-hmm. we had some thoughts that we had to share about it. Yes. Um. So, Ashley, do you want to let it loose? <laughs> I mean, how do we want to structure this episode? Because we don't want to go... Like, I don't think we want to do too much plot. We always say we don't want to do too much plot. But I'm saying that today mainly because, like, figuring out the plot would probably take an additional two and a half hours, three hours. Um, and also, I don't really remember a whole lot about this movie, even though I just saw it, like, um, five days ago. I feel like we don't really have to discuss, like, what really what happens. Because it's like scene by scene. Yeah, it's not necessarily important because honestly, guys, the whole movie is kind of like a Quentin Tarantino like jerk off fantasy <laughs> about Sharon We're Tate. Always hear about the jerk off. <laughs> like honestly, I feel like he just wanted to make a movie about Sharon Tate where he can romanticize her life and tragic death and mm-hmm. jerk off about it. And he couldn't think of a way to do it tactfully because she was murdered gruesomely. And he was like, hey, what if I do this other thing and then smush those two things together? And here we are. Yeah, I read that he um, he was going to make this into a novel first. Oh, that's why it took so long, because he was trying to make the novel happen and it just wasn't happening. And he was like this needs to be a movie and not a book. Because um, I can't imagine how long that damn book would have been if he had actually had his way. It would have been like 17 volumes. Like a fucking Stephen King novel. Oh, it, oh, what I imagined. No. <laughs> oh. Just long. Just oh. like a thousand pages or something. That's, that's too much. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I... I, I so me and Brittany talked about this. We're going to try to break it up into like what we liked, what we didn't like, what we were kind of like eh, about. Um, and I've done a little bit of reading of like different people's reviews and, and stuff like that. So I have like a little bit of backstory, but not like um, like a ton of research done. Unfortunately, this is the rough cut, y'all. Like this is like first impressions. <laughs> so um but yeah, I mean, basically this movie, I guess to get like the synopsis out of the way is um, you have like uh, 1969 Hollywood, you've got this failed, well, f- sort of not failed, but like an actor named Rick Dalton who's like on the downturn, like his career is kind of 
it's going south <laughs> because, the, you know, times are changing. You know, people don't really want to see your like rugged leading man and like in Western, like they're going for more like androgyny and they're going for like a little bit different look and, and anti-heroes and he just can't fulfill that that kind of space in, in entertainment. He doesn't know how. And he, it's kind of like a tale of, of, of things of people getting like left behind without them kind of realizing it almost. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like at the core of it. And I know Quentin also said that this is kind of like, I'm so pause. I'm so tired of people saying this is my love letter to blah, blah, blah. We got to get, we got to get a new term this <laughs> that's been beaten to the ground but he said that this was his love letter to la because i think he was probably like in he was a young kid in 1969 i think he was like six or something how old is this goblin oh don't do don't do don't. i mean um i okay quint quint tarantino is do 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 okay he is 56 years old. He was born in 1963. Okay. So, yeah, this goblin was a baby then. Okay. Yeah. He, um, yeah. So, I mean, he was not necessarily going to the movies like this, but he was kind of growing up in this environment. Actually, was he even living in L.A. back then at this time? Uh, I don't know. I don't like oh yeah he was he moved to los angeles in 1966 like quentin tarantino overall like used to fascinate me as a kid like he is a goblin but his movies are what they are but they're kind of important to me because they kind of helped me get into the the movies that I enjoy mm-hmm. and it's not like the main like not even the ones that put him on the mat like not like Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Drugs or anything like that like my um first brush with him was like Four Rooms which you've watched recently oh my god Brittany really yeah I watched that as a kid and I was like oh my god this movie is amazing oh my god yeah, I watched that like a couple weeks ago and I absolutely <laughs> fucking hated it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this movie is so cool. And I oh, was like God, I hated a child it. and I just kept watching more. So like I understand his place in Hollywood and I do like his movies, but like his whole career fascinates me because I read a long time ago. I don't remember because like. I forget everything, but he kind of just like showed up at somebody's party. It was like, Hey, I have a screenplay. And they were like, you do. And they, he was like, yeah. And then he just started like being able to make movies. Like I see. And shit like that does not happen anymore. Like that's one of those kind of like nostalgia things. I think that he kind of loves so much that you, you just can't do shit like that. Cause I can't imagine you like, like any one of us just going up to somebody like, Hey, read my screenplay and then being like get the fuck out of my face <laughs> and then getting that movie like at least getting your foot in the door to make these movies and becoming quentin tarantino mm-hmm. like that fascinates me as someone who does a lot of writing that no one will ever read and that's also like the way that 
I feel like a lot of like older like celebrity stories, like how they got their foot in the door, it, it always seems like they were kind of like they just met the right person at the right time. And I don't know what that's about. I mean, he lives in Los Angeles, so that's like one thing that um that we kind of do not have the advantage of being <laughs> two girls from like, I mean, Texas is a, you know, Dallas is a big place, but like it's not on the map in terms of a lot of things in the entertainment world. And not that I'm trying to like break into entertainment specifically, but like just from like a design perspective, like I've been told like straight up like girl leave, <laughs> leave the city behind, even though it's becoming like one of like the fastest growing cities in America, apparently. Um, I mean, like you live in the Midwest, so like you're <laughs> close to some things, but like it's not I mean, it's one of those things like everybody's like, you got to get on a bus and go to New York or get in a bus and go to Hollywood. <laughs> and I think that fits in well with like this kind of movie, but like in real life. And like now, I don't think that that kind of stuff could happen very often. Some people do like be making the connections and stuff. Yeah. I don't know how. I I don't know either. And I would like to know their secrets. Like, yeah. Hit me up. DM me. Slide into them <laughs> DMs, please. Slide into our DMs. Please and thank <laughs> you. Um, I'm looking at at. Quentin's, Tarant- <laughs> Quentin's Tarantino, Quentin's filmography um, in terms of what he has directed. And I did not realize I have seen all of these because um, my first Quentin Tarantino movie was actually Kill Bill um, when I was, I had to be like 14-ish, 14, 15 maybe. When this movie came out and I fuck, I didn't know what I was in for because I'd never seen a Quentin Tarantino movie. I didn't I don't I had never heard of Quentin Tarantino. I didn't know anything about him. Um, I just saw like, oh, this is a movie about like female assassins. I love that shit. OK, good. Like, I don't know why. I think I thought it was going to be like Charlie's Angels. Oh, <laughs> and and then I was like, oh, this is like crazy. Like, what is this? Like, this is so much. I was like obsessed. I would not stop talking about it for like weeks. Like I went on the the bus the next day I was talking to my friend I was like oh my god like this movie was crazy I watched it and and from there it's been I mean I I I pretty much watched all of these at least once the only one I do not like out of all of them is the hateful eight I have never seen that so I don't oh it's mostly dialogue that's the problem (laughs) and he's good at dialogue at times like a lot of people like his dialogue but like he has a penchant for running running it long <laughs> and that movie is like mostly dialogue to me and so um until like i guess like the last like half hour some shit starts happening like shit happens but not like at the level of some of his other movies so i just could not get into it but um i mean i went to this movie thinking like okay this is gonna be good like i like all this shit. <laughs> I like cult related things, of course. We've already discussed this <laughs> at length. And I mean, I like Leonardo DiCaprio. I like Brad Pitt. I like Marco Roby, like a Robbie, excuse me. I, you know, but I just, I guess we should say, do we, did we like this movie? Um, did you like this movie? Not in particular. <laughs> okay. Like, I know I rated it on Letterboxd. I gave it three stars. Like, to me, three stars is okay. So if you read my, like, if you look at my letterbox, if something is a three-star movie, that means 
boom, it's fine. If it's Mm -hmm. four and above, bitch, that's my shit. So that's how my rating goes. And if it's have you ever given a five star rating on Letterboxd? Um, I'm a look. Maybe, possibly, very rare. But I think I've done it. (laughs) I don't know what I've given it to. It's probably like, is it hereditary? Uh, I don't know. It could be like Hereditary, possibly Columbus. They might have five stars. I keep forgetting. You keep telling me to watch that movie. There's too many fucking movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it. I felt like the movie is two movies. Like you have the Rick and Cliff movie, which is one movie. And then you have the Sharon Tate Manson family movie, which is another movie. Yeah. And how and they and they hang very very loosely together. Yes, like like I mean the bridge between them is like you'll see her really in the window like yeah. And then it'll pan over to her and you see what she up to. Yeah, like you kind of go through their their day um because it's broken up into like I think it's somebody said three acts. It felt more like first half, second half because the it starts in like February of 1969 which i was like okay what because <laughs> i was confused because the manson murders happened in august so i was like I've been, i'm very lost and then it and then it transitions later on into august so um it it's kind of i guess it's kind of like a day in the life yeah in the in a way, because um, you get to see how they, how the three main characters kind of spend their day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I gave this like a two and a half. Because I really thought about it. I was like, because I was sitting in the theater and I was like, I don't know if I like this necessarily. It's not terrible. It's just not like, like getting me, you know, like. I always go back to Kill Bill, but like, <laughs> like I can watch Kill Bill and be like, I've watched the movie so many times that I, it, I know what's happening, but I still get excited about it. I didn't really get like super hyped about this movie, like at any point, except for like towards, towards the end. Um, when I realized like what was happening with like the Mansons and stuff, because I was waiting for it. Cause I was like, is Quentin not going to show the Mansons? Because also the thing about it was, it was in the posters. I was like, yo, Sharon ain't pregnant. And I know he likes to do alternate reality. So I was like, she ain't pregnant. Things are off. <laughs> Things are off. So I was very, I don't know. I was, there was, it just wasn't grabbing me like I was expecting it to do. Even in like the big scenes, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I really feel about it. Like, I was more, I was more interested in Rick and uh, Cliff seeing, like, I wanted whatever movie they were going to have where they eventually kissed. Um, Like, it was a more interesting movie about them and their friendship. Like, it was, I felt like. Everything else aside, I felt like their half of the movie was a kind of interesting movie about male friendship. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was kind of like them two realizing that they're has-beens in this changing era. And seeing, like, what they would do next. 
And like, I don't want to spoil it. Like toward the end of the movie, someone makes a decision that changes the dynamic of their friendship. And I was really interested in seeing what would happen after that. Like if you got rid of the Manson family part, like if you got rid of the Manson family home invasion part, what like spoiler Rick ends up marrying someone and he kind of um, lets Cliff know that we can't really be as close as we were in the past because I have to take care of my new wife. So, you know, I, you can't drive me around. I, I can't be like supporting you like I used to because I have to take care of my wife. So after the attack, Cliff is hurt. He's very injured. And you can see Rick is more concerned about Cliff's well-being than going to check in on his wife, who is disturbed because someone tried to murder her in her home. And he was ready. The, the night she got there, the night her she first got day to, in her new in home in America, in America, because she's not American either. She's like from Italy, and she's like, "Shit, bro, y'all wild out here." And Cliff and Rick was about to climb into the ambulance with Cliff to go to the hospital, and I was like, "Bruh, that's friendship. Like, that's real." And I was like, I want that movie. <laughs> I really want that movie. And yeah. the only reason I wanted to see it, like, I wasn't really, I wanted to see how everything was going to work. Um, And because it's a reimagining of a true event. And right. yes, Inglorious Bastards was the same thing with, war I can't I can never say it World War two um it's a little it's a slightly different because with war you have a little more space to get a lot of different narratives because we've seen so many different narratives come from World War two we've had um uh, <laughs> ama Asante. stop stop it no <laughs> <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about that is a narrative like we've had um things like overlord happen like there are so many things you could do with that in war and it in various wars you can do that but this is a singular event that really happened to real people wait wasn't wasn't that shit supposed to be like a real thing in Ama Santa? well thing? yes yeah. That is a a real thing that happened. That's even worse. Yeah, even worse. and like everything is based on truth, but I feel like this is a really, 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 really specific event where the victim's family is still alive. Like Sharon Are Tate's really? sister is still alive because they asked her like how she oh, felt I, about oh, Margot yeah, Robbie's about portrayal. Her monster of a fucking husband is still fucking alive and not allowed to come into America. He's allowed to come to America. He's just I mean, not going to. He, he can. <laughs> he's well he, aware. He's well, uh, he's very legal to come to America. He's not going to. 
Oh my god! Like, <laughs> ain't nobody stopping him. <laughs> he, yeah, you're right. He can come back. He just he sure can. Can't for his own personal interest. Can if he wants to die in jail. Which honestly, honestly, I don't even think they would do anything to him. <laughs> it's been so long. And people still I'm, choose to work with him. Yeah, which I'm like, I mean, Rosemary's Baby was like a defining movie, but like, it's not that damn good. Like, come on. Like, it's not. And when you think about like these events, like when you think about the end of this movie, it's like, so is her husband still a fucking monster? Like, when you're reimagining this historical event, like, these are questions that you're left. Like, in this alternate history, is Roman Polanski still a fucking scumbag, human being, piece of shit monster? I don't think he's even considering that part. Like, knowing him. But these are like, these are questions that I was left pondering. Mm-hmm. And you, to me, you just can't do it. Like, you can't do it because... Didn't Manson just die last year? Uh, 2017. Or, or, okay, two years ago. A lot of the people, like, some of the people are still alive who were yeah, in the Manson family. All, yeah, all of them are alive. I don't think any of them have died besides Charles Manson. So it's just not... It made me feel uncomfortable when I was thinking about all of that. If you're going to do it, you could... Just like how Rick and Cliff are based on Burt um, Reynolds and his by um, stunt double, you could have had a fictional Manson family. It could have been based on the Manson family. It didn't have to necessarily really be them. Like you didn't have to really name drop them like yeah, that. I think so. What I read is that his focus is really on Sharon. Um, and the fact that her career and her kind of life was kind of snuffed out so early because she really wasn't even that famous. Like she, like even in the movie, like the girl's like, you're in this movie? Like when she goes to the movie theater and stuff, she's like, which one are you? And she's like, I'm right there. (laughs) Like, this is my, like, that's my name. Like she's able to walk down the street and stuff. So she wasn't really like that famous yet. And I think in his mind, he was trying to like give her some semblance of like like this lady had a life and stuff because everybody like even myself like I have watched this movie with her in it and did not realize she was in it I watched Valley of the Dolls and had no fucking idea that was her and um but I know her from the fact that she was murdered which is terrible so she didn't really get to enjoy stretching her acting ability she didn't get to get people like people didn't get to actually see her as like a person because they mostly see her as a victim and so i i like that i like the fact that that he got to or like at least like there was a portrayal of sharon that wasn't necessarily about her getting butchered because i was worried in like this movie i was like Quentin, please don't show this. <laughs> like, I was so worried. I was like, okay, wait, but this is alternate reality. So something's going to go left. Like, this is not going to be what it is or whatever. So I, I mean, I know like Roman Polanski is trash and that kind of stuff. I just, in that sense, I'm like, okay, well, 
Sharon gets to live and she gets to like blossom and maybe Roman gets put away later. Cause I mean, the fact that she died didn't really change anything for him and sort of being like a piece of shit. Like we didn't, there's that this like, those weren't the circumstances. Like everybody found out that he was like a rapist. So I don't know if that would have changed anything in that sense. But I did like Margot's portrayal. She was just so sweet. And when she came into that theater, she had her little big ass glasses on. <laughs> she looked like a little geek. I was like, this is adorable. She went to go watch herself and and you get to see like her. Like she actually tried to like work on her acting like she just wasn't kind of some like dumb broad because I don't know people really know a lot about her I was I was reading about her today and I was like oh I didn't know any of this like at all so I don't know if she's even gotten like the due diligence um possibly because of I mean definitely because of the murder but also because her career was so short yeah only yeah I just know of her through a true crime lens yeah a lot of people only know about her because she was um oh my god i didn't know see i didn't even know she was from dallas <laughs> see like holy shit i didn't know any of the, any of this about her so in the one space it's like a good thing but also like what what else would have happened so i don't know yeah like i don't it just made me i don't know for me it was just like, mm, I don't know. I, it, it made me personally as me, as Brittany, feel uncomfortable. And I, I I can't really express why. Like, just knowing that, like, this happened for real, knowing that this young lady didn't get this chance, like, this didn't happen. Like, yes, it's fiction, and I know, but it's like, that ending kind of hit heavy because she's like, okay, this didn't happen. Like, it didn't happen like this. And I really wish it did. And I I just, it would have just been better if it was fictionalized as well for me. And I can't okay. speak for anybody else. I can just speak I was for unmoved myself. By the, I was low-key unmoved by it because everybody was saying, the ending, what the ending? And I was like, okay. And I went and I was like, what happened in the ending? <laughs> I had to ask you. I was like, are they talking about like the scene at the very end? Like when she invites them all back to her house? And I was like, okay. And I was like, I guess this is a big deal. But like to me, I was like, whatever. Just like to know what happened, to know what happened, to know what really, really happened. And to see that ending is just like, Oh, like, oh, oh, it, I don't know. Is, yeah. Okay. Well, let's move yeah. on. Um, since we talked about that. So is there anything else that you like, liked or didn't like, or, um, or no, not didn't like, let's do likes first. I, <laughs> can I talk about Brad Pitt for like five years, please? Uh, Brad Pitt, like Brad Pitt was looking listen, good. Listen, the black delegation has already swarmed him. Um, on Twitter. Oh, I mean, bruh, like, interview with the vampire. And I don't blame like, them. Interview with I the don't... vampire. Hello? Oh, my God. Brad Pitt with long hair in the late 90s. 
Oh God! Like <laughs> he was going through I'm it. Losing it. His vampire I'm... angst. Brent. I was losing it. Oh, they're both the same age. Him and Tarantino. <laughs> he was born in 1963 as well. He is 55. Okay, I mean genetics. I I, I think well Tarantino's older than him yeah genetics uh, i've never <laughs> i don't know i've never seen i'm sorry that number threw me off i forgot him and angeline had like a million kids but um yeah it's just so gorgeous <laughs> and he took off his shirt and i was like you didn't have to do that but i'm so glad you did i'm so glad you did <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look musty. He looked nice, oh. even though it did look hot. He didn't look musty. It's California. It's California in the summer, so he's probably hot. Um, he just looked like he smells like mint, you know, and tobacco. Oh, what a great! He is from Oklahoma, mm. so I just. It's in there. It's in the DNA. <laughs> Wait, you know what? I my brain was like, he smelled like black and mouths. <laughs> <laughs> my brain oh. and my brain. I'm like, yeah, he smelled like oh mint and black and mouths. Please don't. Please do not let the girls start photoshopping him smoking oh. a black and mouth. Oh, yeah. Yep. Up there. Yep. So, <laughs> Brad Pitt smells del- great. I bet you. Um, he also makes good movies or produces good movies. We throw a movie. He throws money at some good movies, man. I mean, we got Moonlight. <laughs> yeah. We got um, what else? We got well, I don't like The Departed. Um, the Departed. Wait, that was my Boston accent. Try try it one more time. The, try it one more time. How do you like? <laughs> it was gonna go left. Yeah, it was it going was. left. It was going left. Wait. The the departed. How do you oh. like them apple? <laughs> <laughs> this is so this is so aggressive. Ah. It's so it's so aggressive. <laughs> the departed. Oh my gosh. There you go. Okay. There you go. Oh, I would like money. To do voice acting. Help us God. Okay, so <laughs> so he I mean, not him specifically, but like Plan B's done the, the last black man in San Francisco. Did um If Beale Street Could Talk, Oakja, which fucked me up, The Lost City of Z, which is a great movie, Moonlight, um, and some other movies I have not seen. So I mean he be making some good movies. I mean, like you know, we if, can we cozy up to Plan B a little bit. <laughs> Let's go fly up to New York <laughs> and be like, please. Oh wait, no, they're not in New York. I'm sorry, they're in Beverly Hills. Be like, please. They will put us out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, just seeing him was. My favorite part. I didn't like parts of his character, but I guess we can get to that in the did not like. Okay. Um, uh, and I also really liked sort of the Tarantino isms that were in this movie. Um, 
there are a couple callbacks, like there always are. I feel like he has made enough movies now that are so recognizable that you recognize when he does something in a newer movie that he did in an older movie. Did you catch some of that? Um, I don't remember, but well, probably. One specific part was the part in the pool. The screaming girl in the pool. Ooh. Remember that? When she was like flailing around? That was some shit from Kill Bill Volume 2 when Elle got her eye snatched out. Oh, yeah. Okay. And she was like, I will beat your ass. <laughs> I will fuck you up. <laughs> she, she wasn't fucking up shit, man. She got left in that trailer. <laughs> I remember. Okay. So he does, I mean, he, it was the, it was like classic Quentin Tarantino stuff. He did the, like the fake trailers, which I always liked. I was kind of like freaked out a little bit because I actually saw this on 35 millimeter, which I will get to in a moment because some of y'all were showing your ass this weekend about that shit. But, um, I will not forget (laughs) to address that before the end of this episode, but I didn't know like how the formatting was going to be. Um, because in a couple of like, even the earlier trailers before the movie started, like the official trailers, like the, the ratio of them was like, some stuff was like square in some parts. And I was like, is this all the whole movie's going to be? Because, you know, now that ratios of movies have changed so much and like TV and stuff is kind of like when you see something that's square in a movie, you're like the fuck is happening (laughs) like how old is this and i thought he had done that same thing just to keep it like authentic and i was like oh god i've made a mistake but um it was not like that so um but he also had like the red apple cigarettes (laughs) commercial which i loved that was like honestly one of my favorite parts because I was waiting because all the smoking everybody was doing i was like where are them get where's the sign for these damn cigarettes that's like one of the things I always like I'm like okay there's red apple cigarettes there's like this is probably pre big Huna burger but um yeah I like love like little stuff like that that he does and and it just felt like more of the movies kind of like you know you got people sort of like oh well of course I smoke these cigarettes (laughs) and they're disgusting (laughs) and I was like finally we have confirmation that these fucking cigarettes are nasty as hell (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> after all these years we've been waiting i mean not like i was like i wonder if red apple cigarettes would taste good like there's it's a cigarette like that's disgusting but like now that we know <laughs> i just find it hilarious <laughs> but yeah i mean and there was like other things i liked um i like la as a whole la on film is really pretty la in real life is not for me <laughs> but I love I loved how you know that scene with like all the lights coming on with like the theaters and the restaurants and stuff like you kind of get a sense like this is all the stuff that Quentin Parody sent into when he was like a little kid mm-hmm. um, that I really enjoyed and so it made it feel kind of magical which I think lends back to like the nostalgia of it because now that I mean I feel like we have too much of an inside look at Hollywood that it makes the whole thing kind of grimy. Yeah, because we know everybody's business. We know everybody's business. We know how things work um, to a degree that, like, it doesn't feel like... Like, the movie still feels, like, magical. Like, we wouldn't be talking about movies if we didn't like them. (laughs) But, like, the industry itself just feels so grimy. And it was grimy even back then. But, like, it just... 
it felt more like I don't know, like special in a way. Yeah. But now you have like famous people like advertising like flat tummy tea and stuff, which I mean is not too far off from like red apple cigarettes, but it just feels a little bit less special. I don't know what it is. I like I like the fact that like movie stars that keep themselves or like really famous people that keep themselves at like at a distance. I understand. Like you don't have access to like you didn't have access to celebrities the way you do now like you could literally tweet your favorite celebrity and they may or may not tweet you back and yeah that kind of I mean it's cool but then also it's kind of like weird yeah I don't know I don't know how to describe it I I think I feel you I'm at a loss for words (laughs) no I'm kidding so, I mean, did you have anything else that, like, kind of I'll tell you, out you what I liked. I actually okay. liked all the Western stuff. Oh, did you? Oh, I forgot. Um, My other favorite, Um, well, I don't know if I ever, like, put this out there, but, like, he's my other favorite random actor that be popping up and shit. Timothy Oliver. Oh, hell no. Mm-mm. I nope. love Nope, nope, him. nope. Just Why? like Keith Why? David. That nigga the devil. Do not like. <laughs> do not like. Wait, what? Do not like. He was like, wasn't he in Scream or some shit? Wasn't he the bad guy in Scream? He was in Scream too, but he just yeah. looked. Some ain't. Some ain't right about. Mm-mm, some ain't right about him. I don't think I've ever finished anything that he's been in because I know he's actually been in like a couple Western because he was in Deadwood and he was in um, Justified, which wasn't necessarily a Western, but it was like set in like Tennessee or it was really yeehaw yeah it felt really yeehaw even though it was like you know 21st century yeehaw (laughs) so I don't know it just made sense because I was like oh shit I forgot he was supposed to be in this movie because like everybody and their mother was in this movie so eventually I lost track but I did not like how they dyed his hair down the wigs how how dare you do that to him that man has had salt and pepper hair for as long as I can remember those wigs like it was bad. I like the editing of that scene too, where he came up to him and um to like Rick Dalton, and he's talking to him, and then the the it was like that quick choppy editing. And all of a sudden, he had his hat on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what the fuck happened? I thought I, like, I oh. like fell asleep for a minute. <laughs> for like like 0.2 seconds. I thought I took a micro nap. <laughs> Damn, a literal blink if you miss and you miss it kind of moment. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait. Wait, and then I was like, "Oh, this, this, you, you fine? Okay, let's keep it going. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. All right." Well, I, I always enjoyed Timothy, and I heard he was really good on Santa Clarita Diet. Mm-hmm. So one day I will finish that show, and it's actually really good and, and gross. Um, it seems like so. something I would enjoy, but he's a major barrier to me watching it. You gotta, you gotta just. I have no lot. Like this is my fear of him is not based in any kind of logic, guys. I'm like, saying what is no your logic? Fear of him? Just no what logic. Nothing he did. Absolutely nothing. He he's not secretly racist or sexist. I hope. Like he has done nothing wrong. It's just something he about like his face. Who- something something is off. He seems like a guy who like minds his business. Just some off. And even if he doesn't mind his business, I don't need to mind his business. I just would like to watch 
one of his shows. And we're going to keep it like that. Just something okay, is But you like the Western stuff? Yeah. Like, I actually, what was weird, because I probably talk about this a lot. Like, I grew up watching movies with my dad. Um, my dad is the reason why I enjoy movies, um, because it was never my parents, obviously, if you've listened to this podcast, you could tell that they'd never just put on like kid quote unquote kid movies for me to watch. Um, but my dad, he loves movies. So growing up, I would watch movies with him and I would also watch tons and tons of television with him. And we would talk about different things and he would let me just talk about stuff. And that's why I'm a giant nerd. That's why I know a lot of things about a lot of stuff. Um, And I have learned so much about this particular time period with the Westerns. So seeing some of the show and some of like the spy shows so when they mentioned like FBI and Mantics and a couple of other shows that Rick had done like cameos or like guest spots on, I mm-hmm. knew exactly what they were talking about because I have watched them with my dad or I have listened to my dad talk about them. And I've seen some of those type of Westerns. So I knew, I actually knew exactly the type of actor Rick was and who he currently like the rack actor that he is at that moment in the movie and i really thought that was cool and i also liked kind of lights and it kind of also freaked me out um how they put him in scenes and how they recreated scenes yeah i don't think um i was trying to figure out the one where he was kind of like in the in the, uh, was it a Nazi movie or like a World War II movie? Some war movie. Like the one where they were like imagining like he was supposed to be the Steve McQueen part. Yeah. I couldn't I figure was very out that movie. That. I was very confused by like what was happening in that whole thing because I didn't have any frame of reference for it. Um, but yeah, I was, I was trying to actually figure out like did they put him in that movie or did they... Did they recreate it? Because I know how like obsessive Quentin Tarantino is about getting things a certain way and how he wants it or whatever. Um, that I was kind of like, is that because they didn't do that with um, when Sharon went to go see her movie? She wasn't actually on screen. Mm-mm. And I thought that was cool as well. Like it took me. I thought it would be the same thing where they'll have Margot reenacting the scenes, or like she'll mm-hmm. be in the scenes with the original actors, but it was actually clips from the Wrecking Crew. And yeah. I thought that was. I thought that was cool. I think that was good too. You got. You got. You <laughs> excuse me. That you actually got to see the real Sharon Tate do things and see people react to her, um, and see her be proud of herself for like the work that she did and be like really excited that people actually were responding to it. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that one. I would have to like look up some sort of like Easter egg um, thing because I could not place that movie that they, they put Rick Dalton in. Yeah. But like, eh, I, I really like that part. Like I, those are some of my favorite things. Um, also, I felt like Leonardo, like Leo, did a good job. Like, I, I always see, felt like I always see people 
I'll continue. Sorry. Oh, I felt like he really did the best when he was on set and realized, like, as Rick realized that this was the last call for alcohol, basically, with his <laughs> acting career. Because if he didn't do a great job, this was going to be fucking it. Yeah. And he turned it. And I felt yeah. Rick did a good performance and Leo did a good performance. I enjoyed him. I always, like, people always say that he, that Leonardo DiCaprio can't act. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, don't think know. he's a bad actor. I've never been like, damn, Leo. I can really see your, like, sometimes his accents are a little bit kind of wavy. But, like, um, but I've never, like, watched the movie and been like, wow, you really said that line like shit. <laughs> like, he's always come across to me as, like, a, a guy who But would you really be able to tell, though, Ashley? I mean, I don't know about him as, like, a person. <laughs> no, like, I'm just saying, like would you sometimes I think about actors like would I really be able to tell if this person is a good actor or not objectively if it's someone I have grown up watching movies um I mean I I've seen a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio movies I don't think I necessarily I I don't I didn't necessarily grow up with him like, grow up watching his movies. I didn't really start watching his movies until, like, I was, like, a little bit older. Even though, I mean, I saw Titanic, and that shit freaked me out, so I didn't really. <laughs> Listen, another fear of mine is, um, you know. Boats? Being stranded. <laughs> being stranded in a large body of water. Because I can swim, but, like, girl. Like, there, there's no swimming in that situation. And, um, yeah, no. So, um, I didn't really watch a whole lot of his movies when I was younger um but I don't know I mean also I don't really there's come across or at least there's been like some talk of like he doesn't have like a personality I don't think he does although he has a strange love of two chains I mean (laughs) don't we I haven't forgot that I haven't forgot that shit girl (laughs) I mean he does I don't he doesn't really have a personality like he does. I mean, you don't really see him. You don't really see him like do stuff, um, outside of like acting. Like you see him do like his um, his like climate change stuff, but that's like the only thing I know that he does like outside of 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 his movies that he's done. Because I mean, pretty much all his movies from like what catch me if you can onward for some some grabs at some oscars bruh he was he was trying he was trying <laughs> so and i've seen some people say like oh like i was there, there i think it was like a was it gq it was some magazine and they were like oh like how has leonardo dicaprio cultivated such a such a prestigious filmography and I was like okay like <laughs> like <laughs> bruh we all know he was gunning for that Oscar okay like you can see it clear as day yeah so like ease up <laughs> like I like I'm pretty sure aside from the Wolf of Wall Street I'm pretty sure like this is the first time he's like unclenched in like a decade or two so just you know 
it he doesn't oh my god you just proved a point like i i mean he did hang with the pussy posse and who was the pussy posse because he's also best friends with toby mcguire and i don't and consider him nobody's my, pussy posse. and lucas haas and I don't consider him nobody's pussy party either. I mean, <laughs> he's so adorable, even as an old ass, saggy ass old man. Oh my god! So what you're saying is, is that Lucas Haas gets a pass? Yes, but not Timmy. Okay, so not that's ex- exactly what I'm saying. I see exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. I see. Was Timothy Oliphant in Mars Attacks? No, he was not. No, he was not. Is that the benchmark? Yes, it is. <laughs> was he in Mars Attacks? He was not. Therefore, he does not what? get a pass. Does okay. his, <laughs> his does Timothy Oliphant have like little jug ears that poke out? No, he does not. Girl, I remember we just clowning somebody else for having big ears the other day. I mean, literally the other day, <laughs> we clown everybody. So does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But, uh, yeah, so I mean, all I know about Leo is that he acts, he hangs out with young adults, and... He watches Euphoria. He lies about watching Euphoria. Because, hey, there's no fucking way a man in his mid to late 40s is watching fucking Euphoria. My mom watches Euphoria, Euphoria and... And she's stressed, a- ain't she? Cause shit, she, no, stressed. she watches it. Like she turned it on. She's turned it on twice with me in the room. <gasps> I'm like, I literally will like, okay, I'm going in my room now because I'm like, I do not want to watch this with you. Like it's almost too much for me sometimes. So I'm like, I don't want to watch this with you. <laughs> and like, so I don't know what Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio is doing other than having his 20 year old girlfriends tell him what he should watch on TV. And like, hey, you should watch this. It's so cute. And I mean, maybe, maybe, um, what's the baby girl name? Maddie, Lexi. I don't know their names. You know who I'm talking about. I don't. Who are you talking about? Um, what's the girl name? She. Which one? The blonde one. The blonde one. Oh, um, um Lexi. Oh, Is that Lexi? Is no, it Maddie? That's Jules. Jules. Ju- you're all off. <laughs> Jules. Not Jules. Not Jules. I know oh, Cassie. Jules. Cassie. Is that the skating yeah. one? Yeah. Oh. Cassie deserves better. Cassie, maybe Cassie was like, yo, old man, I'm finna be in this show. You should watch it. There you go. Wait, Cassie wouldn't run up on nobody like that? Maybe she was. Maybe they were on set. And she was there barefoot. And she was like, hey, Leonardo DiCaprio, I know I'm probably not supposed to speak to you and look you in your face, but I'm going to be on this show soon. So you should watch it with your 14-year-old girlfriend. Wait, are you wait? You're you're making me confused now. <laughs> wait, what's the young Cassie from Euphoria? If that's the blonde one that figure skated, yes, she was a Manson girl. Was she? Yes, she was. Let me double check this because you 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 throw in you throw me for a loop here. Her name is like Sydney Sweeney or Sydney Sydney Sweeney. Oh. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I I can barely keep some of the people on Euphoria straight. I don't know. <laughs> I took, called her. Maddie. It took me. It took me until what episode? Whatever the Halloween episode was, to realize that her and Lexi were sisters. 
Oh, Maude? I'm surprised yes. Maude wasn't over there at the ranch. Shit, everybody else kid was over there. Everybody else is at the ranch. Everybody else is at the damn ranch. <laughs> Can we talk about what we didn't like oh, right she, now? She played, okay, she played Snake. Listen, if she was in the background, like, there's a lot happening on um, on that ranch, so I didn't catch her. She was, but, uh, she was there. She was the one who was watching the door saying, hey, if you come, let me know. If you come closer, let me know. Oh, her. Mm-hmm. That didn't even look like her. Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay. Shit, did I even watch this movie? <laughs> so, okay, let's let's move into things we did not like. What didn't you like? All these <laughs> booger whoops at the fucking ranch. Okay. So I was when um Cliff went to drop this young lady off. That scene was a mess. Um the car ride from hitchhiking to the ranch i was like okay the fuck uh... <laughs> <But> <laughs> he's like i'm not finna go to no jail over no food thing and i was like i was like that's such a that's such a tarantino word <laughs> it's like you're not going to like, jail over what <laughs> i don't think i've heard that shit in so long uh, yeah um i was like oh gross well yeah that was gross but then also like she didn't have to put her feet on the glass. Her, all these feet. I mean, I know. I know that I'm going to see feet when I watch these movies. I expect feet. I understand feet. I get it. Feet. Quinn like feet. I don't like feet. But whatever. Feet. Okay. Got it. I did not sign up to see dirty ass feet. I understand it is the 60s. I understand people don't wash their legs. I get it. But I did not sign up to see all these dirty ass feet. I mean, it makes sense that they were dirty. I didn't understand why Miss Sharon. Her feet were dirty as shit, too. Her feet were dirtier than homegirl in the, sun, in the, in the fucking sandals. And I was like, you've been wearing go-go boots all day. And they were walking around the whole fucking Los Angeles barefoot. I mean, they were flower children. It that didn't surprise me at all. Girl, at least have some strings me. on. Like you know but how they have like no. little strings pretending it's sandals, but it's no sandals like that. She has sandals on. Not everybody. She did, but she's one who took her shoes off. But like, I feel like I don't know. I didn't even done my due diligence on like hippie culture and like hippie and counterculture in the sixties and all that stuff. But like. I could see why they would not have shoes on. I was just confused on why she had to put her feet on the glass because my mom thinks that's the grossest thing on earth when like girls get in cars and like anybody's in a car really and they got their feet on the dashboard. And I'm like, why do y'all do that? That's so odd. I, and I freaked out by it because in fucking death proof, yeah, <laughs> when, when when that shit happened and her leg like yep. crunched in, I was like, okay, R.I.P. Jungle Julia. Girl, I multiple angles. Quinn, you play too much. Like, <laughs> like I was like, I don't want to see nobody. Like, I get freaked out by that now because I'm like, I don't want to see nobody. So, oh, on fuck. The dash. you just reminded me of feet there. Damn. Yeah, she had her feet out. She did have a feet out. I don't. I, this man. I mean, I feel like he is a troll that lives under a bridge. If any lady pass, he'll let you go through. If he, you could suck on. He'll, he'll suck on your toes for like. Two seconds. He'll let you. Yeah, through. he don't want you to touch his feet. He wants to touch your feet. He just he'll <laughs> look at your t- feet too. He'll pay to look at them too. 
he could you know what people make money off that shit i mean yeah i would put my yeah. feet on the timeline for money <laughs> <laughs> like if y'all like vienna sausages hit me up oh my god y'all can see my sausage night. shows oh. oh my god <laughs> oh no oh no so but yeah, she put her feet on the dash, and I actually read an interview with her today. Who she said she didn't want to do it at first. Oh. She was like, um, I wear. She used to be a dancer because I was looking. I was like, this girl's too young to have crazy ass feet like this. I was like, she must be a ballet dancer. And lo and behold, she used to dance on point. Um, and I've actually seen her. I didn't realize she was in the Spike Jones. Um, Kenzo ad from a couple years ago where she goes and dances through all like stuff and she's pointing her fingers and lasers come out of her fingers and shit like that like that was actually a really fun ad um probably one of the few I can name off top um like that but I was like this girl must be a dancer and sure enough she was like yeah like I didn't want to show my gangly ass feet and she's like I did it <laughs> but I didn't want to <laughs> she said she had to be convinced I was like Quentin is it that serious, my nigga? But like, <laughs> I guess too, like it kind of shows like a kind of a wildness about them because like at this point they're like, well, fuck society's rules. I do what I want. I'm like, but girl, like on the glass. I was like, not on that nice ass car. Not, mm-mm, girl, <laughs> not in my car. Hell no. You ain't putting your dirty ass feet on my Maybe dashboard. Maybe Cliff had a foot thing. Maybe Cliff had a foot thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, but yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I think the Manson parts were some of the creepiest because it genuinely made me uneasy to see them all staring him down like that because they all look so feral and like, and then Lena Dunham dusty ass came out. <laughs> well, I, okay. So I actually forgot what her name was. Me and that too. Was like a brief, oh my God. I forgot. It was like a brief moment of relief. I was like, I know that woman's name. I cannot remember her name, but I cannot remember it. Like I could not, like I kept saying that woman, what is her name? I was I like, not figure it out. And I was like, you know what? That's a sign. Thank you, God. I had that exact same moment. Like I had like a visceral reaction to seeing her on the screen. Like I was like, Bleh. and then I was like, wait, I hate her. I like really hate her. Cause I know she's garbage. But what is her name? Like, who is she? Like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And then I was like, fucking girls. That bitch. Girls. Oh, I didn't think of it. Girls. Are you you having a good day today? (laughs) No. I mean, it's better. (laughs) But also, this dusty bitch came out as a Manson girl. And I was like, so y'all signed up to be in this movie for this? I mean, some people would want to be in a Quentin Tarantino and they probably wouldn't care what it would be. Because he's got, he usually has like a lot of people do cameos. They got Kevin Smith's daughter was out there. Oh, I don't remember that shit. Yeah, she was over there. I saw Harlequin out there. I also don't know what she looks like. I don't know what most of these people look like. Like when you keep mentioning people, I'm like, I don't, I can't place. And who else was out there? Um... Who else did I see? Um, the girl, the woman from um, Haunting of Hill House. She was on the, the horse. Don't with know Tex. who that is either. I think this is actually a good thing that I didn't know how most of these people. Dakota Fanning was. 
Did I, you now, see I the think that was really I actually thought that was like a really good like that kind of took me off guard because I kept hearing her voice and being like, I don't know who this like lady is. <laughs> like which one of them is speaking? And then she came out and I looked at her and I was like, that, that ain't her. That's not Dakota. And it was. And I was like, well, look at Miss Dakota. But also I always think of her as being really, really young and she's not that young anymore no she's like almost 30 right she's like 25 ish but she's been on screen like she's i mean she's basically grown up (laughs) before our very eyes because she's been in movies since she was like what a fetus elementary school probably earlier she was uh like an embryo i mean she's been her and her sister both and i see her sister in way more things than her most of the time even though they've both been steady working um Cause she was in a movie last year. I think she's. I mean, I think she's doing other things. So, um, but yeah, like I thought her performance was good because I was like, oh, I'm caught off guard, and she is harsh. <laughs> like I was very, very kind of taken aback. I was like, okay, bitch. Like, yeah. I was ready for her to stab him. Honestly, I was ready for him to just go down. Yeah, I thought they was going. Like, eat him. Like, that mm-hmm. was how, like, intense it was. Because I was like, these people look like they don't eat very well. They are probably tripping balls. <laughs> so, no telling what they're actually witnessing. Um, And I, I mean, it's like a bunch of different, like, eyes just staring at you. Not saying anything. Living out wild in the woods. Or not in the woods, but, like, like in the wilderness. I'm like, oh, No. <laughs> Yeah. What else? Like another thing that I didn't care for, like one is like a two for one thing that I did like and didn't like. I mm-hmm. liked the stuntman scene with Kurt Russell and uh, Zoe Bell. Oh, my girl Zoe. Put that under the likes. I love seeing her. I didn't like the Bruce Lee scene. I didn't really like it either. And I don't know. It wasn't necessarily for the reasons that other people are saying. It just seemed very out of place. And I know it was kind of like a flashback in his mind or whatever. In in um, Cliff's mind. But I was like, it took me a while to understand what was happening. Because I didn't realize it was supposed to be like the Green Hornet set or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was something I had to read about. But also, I was like, I was like, I don't think, I mean, I was if, like, anybody, if anybody has the justification to say that they could beat somebody's ass, yeah. I feel like it's Bruce Lee. That's exactly. And, like, I wouldn't doubt it. I didn't know under he was talking about he would beat Muhammad Ali's ass. Yeah. Which, that was confusing to me. I, I thought he was talking about, nah, like he could probably beat all our asses. So I don't know if I was really catching everything that was being said at that point. Um, but I was also like, you want me just to believe this random stunt guy just like threw Bruce Lee into a car? Exactly. Like y'all want me to suspend belief. That That's a lot of belief to be s- suspended. A <laughs> like, 50 year old man could beat a fucking Bruce Lee. Hell no. Like, and I thought it should have been a better fight. Like, no, absolutely not. 
that was such a weird that was like this ain't really good like but i was like i mean he's probably not a martial artist so but then um yeah so i guess like in the news um her name is shannon i want to say shannon lee yes let me double check um she said that she felt like it was a mockery of her 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 father um and what she knows about him she didn't she said that he would never do something like that and she also felt like people were laughing at him um honestly the whole thing kind of caught me off guard so i was like well bitch i don't know <laughs> what just happened yeah in this, in this scene because i was like all of a sudden it's just like wait did you throw him into a car like what what warranted that amount of force like you um, can't even do that I was like, nah. And I don't know what parts that she said that they were laughing. Because I know other people said that people were laughing at the scene, too. Um, I never felt like anybody Because I thought people were... I thought she was saying that people were laughing at, like, his mannerisms. Because you know how people... He would always do, like, the kind of... The vocalizations. Mm-hmm. Yep. The... And I th- The people the in my screening were laughing. Really? Yeah, and I was like, that's like uh, a standard thing. Okay. I was like, I don't think my, I don't think anybody laughed at mine. But also, like, I've, I've was, I've been watching. Um, well, I watched my first Bruce Lee movie like a couple weeks ago, and then I've also been watching. Um, I watched The Grandmaster, um, a couple weeks ago as well, like that same week. So there's been like a lot of like Bruce Lee factoids <laughs> hanging around my, in my head. Um, the Grandmaster is not about Bruce Lee, but it's about about his teacher. Um, so like I kind of was like, I mean, it's not what people did, but then I was like, people don't really realize that that's what Mar like kung fu artists would do when they fight. Sometimes, like I don't, <laughs> I just don't know. Like I don't know how other people were acting because I didn't go see this with anybody else. I, I mean, I would not describe, I mean, I wouldn't say like, Nas, Shannon, that you weren't laughing at your dad. Like, I mean, that's your dad. I can't tell you what, how you feel about your dad. Yeah. So I know, you know, a few other members of the Asian delegation are not happy. Yeah. I was just like, okay. I, I just, it was just hard for me to just. Except, like, you want me to accept this old-ass man. Because Brad Pitt, however fit he is, is still you know 50. Plus, like, he's still an older gentleman. And this is supposed to be, like, prime Bruce Lee. Like, it's no... You don't have that kind of old man strength. Like, you don't have that juice. <laughs> like, whatever way... Even if he wasn't... Even if he wasn't old, even if he was like in his what thirties or whatever, and he was still going up against Bruce Lee, you that getting shit the dog happen. shit beat out of you, bruh. Like <laughs> even if he just playing, like you still getting, you still getting fucked up a little bit. Like yeah, that's just what and I've it seen. Is. <laughs> I've seen some people say like this is this is probably a good point, but also it's not done by the right director, <laughs> which is to make Bruce Lee look human because. A lot of he since he is such a heroic fi- figure to a lot of people, um, that he's kind of more mythologized or myth. 
Did I use that word right? I think so. You, I don't know. You're clearly asking the wrong person. But it's not we don't know to words. Me. We still don't know words. We don't. We haven't changed. It's fine. So, yeah, like trying to give him like a smidge of humanity. But it just didn't make sense because he had to work so hard against so much racism in Hollywood. And he didn't really even become like super, super duper famous until like he died. Apparently, like once Enter the Dragon came out. Then I'm like, well, damn, like, why would you let him get his ass beat by this random dude? And like, I, if you, if anybody's going to give him humanity, like it needs to be somebody else that needs to like actually understand him. And of course, I'm sure Quentin Tarantino's probably seen a bunch of Bruce Lee movies. Um, probably jerked off a little bit to him. I need you to stop. So like, I don't think that he's not the right person to do it if that's what he was attempting, which I haven't read anything about. Um, why he put Bruce Lee in it other than the fact that he worked with Sharon Tate a little bit. Um, that was kind of like a random, not random, but like it just kind of seemed a little bit out of, well, I guess that is random. It seemed out of place. And then also it wasn't even that long of a scene. <laughs> it was like, wait, you told me Bruce Lee was going to be in this. Like, it was both too long and not long enough so therefore it, it could have been cut it could have been cut and i know the actor that got to portray bruce lee was really excited about it um like hype because i read an interview Aww. with him a couple of months ago and he was just like yeah like this is an honor to portray bruce lee like of course um they also apparently got his hair wrong it looked like it looks wiggy, but everybody's wig looked well, wiggy. Well, it was like the wrong, it was the wrong cut. I never, let me Google Green Hornet with the Kato where, also I've never watched that show either, but. I never watched the show and I probably never will only because of the fucking movie. I've seen the movie. <laughs> oh, he didn't, yeah, his hair was short. Ooh, mess. He had like a pretty, not a buzz cut, but he had a pretty short haircut. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he had, like, Enter the Dragon hair. Mm-hmm. And, um, in this movie, which would probably make people more, like, recognize him easier. But, like, that, I mean, I know you're not going for realism, but, like, bruh. It was kind of like, don't you know when they have those, like, Motown reviews? And then they just put the impersonators on the costume closest oh to what you think it, oh. think of when you think of and then they sing <laughs> songs for their whole career that's kind of like a little dabble of that oh my god yeah and i just realized too like the the gloves and all that i didn't realize so i was i was really watching this like why is bruce lee here i mean what a movie is this and it wasn't a movie at all it was a tv show Mm-hmm. It took it took me like a minute to get it. Like I got it maybe forty minutes after that scene aired. <laughs> you were like, "Oh, that's what it was." Yes. <laughs> I was like, my brain, my brain, like computer, my brain was like, "Wait, wait, wait!" Oh, oh, there now we go. Loading, buffering, <laughs> buffering, buffering. <laughs> yeah, and I need to I need to get up on my Bruce Lee knowledge because I watched Enter the Dragon and it was pretty good. <clears throat> so, um, but yeah, I can see why people would be disappointed, especially like that's your like dad. Like, yeah, 
Another person who died tragically young. Yeah. So, like, damn, like, give him some... Respect. Yeah. Don't make him look crazy. I'm like, bruh, like... Cliff should have got his ass beat for that one. So, like... (laughs) And they could have redid it like that, too. They could have, like, done a better fight scene because Quentin Tarantino can direct fight scenes. Like, we all know that. So that could have been a better fight scene. And then... They could have had what happened and been like, uh, why are you fucking around with the star of the movie? I like thought it was going to be like a full, like, Kill Bill-esque, like, fight, fight, fantasy scene. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was like a one-two punch kind of thing. Yeah. It was one-two punch and throw. That bullshit. <laughs> redo it quentin <laughs> that's probably in like the director's cut that is five hours no damn director's cut man i can't i can't with y'all with this long ass shit <laughs> i i did it for ari yeah i will do it for I mean, my man i love my man i mean i don't know what all the twisted things could be in another half hour of that movie but like <laughs> i want to find I out think, though i don't think i could do it for this movie i'd be like yo no i'm good <laughs> <laughs> We good out here. So that one was not my favorite. Also, in addition to that, like the pacing of this movie. It was long. Because like Tarantino's known for that. Like he goes off on tangents and usually he brings it back. Um, And I mean, far be it from us <laughs> to talk about anybody's pacing. Because <laughs> we've been going on tangents and shit. There's a couple of scenes I was like, bro, why are we getting so like we're going so far left and like it's not as tight, you know, like in other movies, I feel like when he goes on tangents, it, it brings it back to where it's supposed to be. And this one, I was like, God damn, like we still on the scene. <laughs> Us. Like <laughs> they still talking about this. Us. That's us. <laughs> Are we the Tarantino Tarantino podcasters? Gross. That's a wonder. Oh, that's going to be on our uh, (laughs) our new tagline. The Tarantino Tarantino podcasters. Perfect. (laughs) On our header. Oh, no. They're going to (laughs) think we're like foot fetish goblins who hate women. Who, Who maybe he doesn't hate women. He actually loves women. But he doesn't consider women to necessarily be people more so than objects of his affections. You know what's weird about this movie is that this is one of the one this is one of the few movies of his where the women didn't really go and beat ass like they do in other movies of his. Yeah. Like I've because seen criticisms about the women characters in this movie. Like Yeah. Did you see the one where somebody tried to say that Charles Manson was a feminist? Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see where it came from. I just know that it exists because somebody put up a screenshot and I will send that to you now. No, don't send that. Mm -mm, Don't send that over here. That's. You know, you don't want your brain to mouth. No, that's illegal. Please don't send me that. (laughs) I mean, don't you want to share in this joy? Nope. I do not. Well, apparently because he had so many women working for him and they got to do whatever they wanted or whatever that, um, not working for him, but like 
Y'all know he was a pimp, him. right? You know he prostituted yeah, he was those pimp. women, that's right? Why, that's why when she got in the car, she's like, do you want me to suck your dick? Like, that was... Because he was passing around to his friends and stuff. Like, when he was trying to be um, a famous musician. He made those women perform sex, like, sex acts for money for him. Like, they didn't keep the money. Like, he got the money. They supported his lifestyle. They supported his career aspirations. Okay, I will read you an excerpt. It says, say what you will about Charles Manson. He really empowered women to pursue excellence in traditionally male-dominated fields. All right. I'm not done. I'm not done. From armed robbery to sadistic murder at knife point, (laughs) women in positions from which they had been traditionally excluded and ultimately helped them to break that hardest, highest glass ceiling. No. The one that makes death row such a male purview. Okay. This is, I assume this is satire. Like, this is. I assume this is written by a man. I assume this is like a joke. Like, I'm not taking that serious. Like, this is like a, something I would say as a joke. So it's fine. This is literally something that I would say, like, jokingly. So, mm-hmm. That's not real. Oh, this is not a man. This is a joke. This is absolutely 100% a joke. This is not to be taken seriously. This is this is a joke. So it's fine. I'm gonna read this and then get back to y'all. This is not this is not real. That's a joke. That's a joke. It's fine. Oh. A thousand percent a joke, isn't it? This don't sound like no joke. It it's one hundred and it's it's a a joke. I can't. Uh, I ref- it, it's a joke, Ashley. Fucking, it's a joke, dude. It's a long freaking thing, damn, Miss Caitlin. It's a joke. It is one thousand percent a joke. I can't because my brain can't. My brain wouldn't <laughs> accept it not being. A joke. I will. I will also say that there is a line that says, "As to violence against women, what can I tell you? If you don't like it, don't go to a movie about the Manson killings." I mean, fair point. I mean, did you have the same feelings about that like other people did? I mean, I was like, I was like, "Damn, they fucking them up." <laughs> <laughs> bad for life <laughs> like that was how my brain was like my brain was like yeah i think it was like a little bit too much but also like one of the characters was definitely like lit as fuck because he was tripping yeah i was like god damn they fucking these folks up but then yeah. at the same time i was like oh it's the manson family so fuck them so Hey, that's how I felt about it. I understand that everybody else is not going to feel the same. If you disagree with me, I I honestly respect your opinion and that that's fine. It's okay. Yeah, I can see both. I I can too. I get it. I get it. Which I know people would usually like that's a cop out. But like, I mean, that's how my brain works. Um, So I'm like, okay, I can I can also see that even if I'm like, "Eh." but like, I don't. I felt like it was a bit, like, overdone with my issue. Yeah. 
I can. I was like, damn, Santana, you can do better. You have done better. Do better in this moment. But then, it was just so sloppy. Again, one of the last movies I had just seen was like Midsommar. Midsommar. Midsummer. 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 So, like, I just was like, everything was jelly already. So, that's just <laughs> what it was for me. Yeah. And I also saw that Gator Boys movie. Gator Boys, the movie, a.k.a. Crawl. Y'all should go see that. So, like... Okay, you've been calling it Gator for, <laughs> like, an hour, and I did not... I've, listen, I know this is at the end of a work day, but I was like, my brain can't be that fried. I was like, what is Brittany keep talking about Gator? Like, Gators, the movie, a.k.a. Crawl. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> like two hours later, I'm like, "Bitch, what are you talking about?" The She's movie like, about gators, you know. The gator. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like I give up. I really want to see crawl. So I am sometimes the wrong person to gauge violence and gore. I am definitely yeah. the wrong person to gauge violence and gore because I just be like, shit. Might be. <laughs> so like stuff don't really like bother me but now if somebody didn't wash their hands after taking a piss i would be like oh my god <laughs> like Pretty i would be right up in arms over here how dare these people <laughs> in this fictional world be like pissing without washing their hands yeah like all those dirty people like dirty foot people at the ranch like that was too much Girl, they me. were too busy on lsd fucking and stealing people shit like, everybody look musty. You know they was funky over there. You know they it. They care. Okay, so apparently I, I was listening to a podcast podcast. And I um did not realize that, like, they just sat there on LSD, like, the entire time. Yeah. Like, like the whole time. And I didn't realize that LSD does not leave your system for weeks. Yeah, that's why it made it easier for his quote-unquote teachings to take effect yeah because they were already like loose yeah (laughs) and you know he was just telling them whatever the fuck and they were just going along with it so i didn't realize that so i'm like okay you know if all you doing is having your you know weekly orgies or whatever and high as shit and also like you have decided to like reject society's like rules as like a whole I'm like, okay, I can see why you would just be like, whatever. I don't have to listen to my mama or whatever. <laughs> so, like, I got that part. But, I'm, I mean, I don't doubt that it was probably, like, real rank up there. It's a lot happening at the ranch. But, yeah. I mean, I saw some people who said that the that the violence was a lot. Um, and I, I knew... I think it was just off because I was like, damn, there's not a single girl in here that's like beating, like kicking ass and stuff, which is kind of un- like uncommon for Tarantino, which leads me to my next point. It's like, <laughs> like you said earlier, like because like the, 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 the murders didn't happen. And so they get away. I mean, that's a spoiler. I should go back. This is a spoiler. <laughs> So the murders didn't happen the way that we, you know, as history knows it. So, like, the 60s technically, because of the way, okay, so because of the the Tate murders, like, how violent they were 
and um and that kind of thing especially by like who they're committed by because like the Mansons weren't necessarily like hippie flower children but they just like it so they got associated with that movement or whatever um that that it's kind of like it really did bring the 60s to like an abrupt halt because everybody was like oh what the fuck like it kind of my whole thing has always been like the 70s were lit to me because of how grimy and gross it was and I think it's directly because of the events towards like the end of the 60s because shit was going left um you know the Vietnam War all kinds of stuff was happening people getting assassinated and shit and just it was just like this is pure chaos and everything that we were hopeful and optimistic about is not happening. And it immediately turned to like cynicism. And so because the murders didn't happen in this movie, I feel like a lot of that sort of golden age of Hollywood didn't come crashing down. And so it kind of left it open to like, okay, like does, does Hollywood continue to be sort of like how it was because of, the lack of this major event and not just like Polanski and all that, but like in general, like the culture and, and um, like people like Rick Dalton still being able to have careers and that kind of thing. Hmm. Because it's kind of like in this day and age, like there's so many criticisms, criticisms against men who can't kind of, get with the fucking times and refuse to and the men who like kind of drag their heels about um having to kind of adapt themselves in like a new age and so I was like is this what he's trying to like be like or like I don't know if he even like thought about it that hard or if he like thought about it and was like well I still want to make this movie anyway which is probably what happened yeah but um I mean, you got to give it to him. He's like, man, I'm making what I want the fuck. The, the fuck I want to make. Y'all not going to tell me no. Ah! <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm making what I want to make, damn it. <laughs> so, like, but, like, I mean, I wonder if this is, like, do this, is there sort of, like, that that idea of, like, having, like, the continuous hope and optimism beyond 1969 and beyond the 60s in general? Like, does that continue in the 70s? Is like, but also, like, what does that mean for, like, Hollywood and, like, Tarantino's mind? Because things would, like, look different. Like, the types of movies that they would make would probably be a lot different. Um, and, of course, like, this is all alternate reality. The Quentin Tarantino cinematic universe is strictly alternate reality, I believe. Yeah. It's also messy. It's messy. Um, I remember somebody went back and was like... That Donnie Donowitz from Inglorious Bastards was like Vinnie Vega's relative or something. It was a whole thing. <laughs> like, I was like, everything, it was like, everything's connected in the Quentin Tarantino universe. So I was like, okay. I love so I my like, man. Did we take- Stop, please. Oh my God. I love my man. Did you know that the wife was my bae's ex wife? Who was the wife? The Italian wife was my baby. That was her? Ex-wife. She looked like Marina. Um, she used to go by Marina and the Diamonds, but now she just goes by Marina. She's like a singer. I was like, I know. Wait, that's, I was like, I know her. Wait, is that Green Inferno? Is that Green? That's Green Inferno. 
That's green inferno. That was also homegirl from. Knock Knock Knock. That was knock knock. That was knock knock. That was a terrible movie. Yeah, but I know we've been giving uh, Keanu so much love, but I thought about that movie the other day, and I was like, God damn. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Oh, I really, I love my man. Okay. Anyway. I did not have to do that. <laughs> and he made money on it. Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't realize that was her. But, um, um, yeah, I just felt like it was kind of like a weird sort of thing to put out in like this day and age of like, oh, how, how great nostalgia is for like, like, does the nostalgia cover the good and the bad? Um, because you wouldn't have Hollywood in that way if you didn't have the good and the bad. But I just thought it was kind of a weird movie to put out, like, at this day and age. I'm like, you got a bunch of men who just can't, like, get themselves together to, like, adapt themselves into the new age. Like, what is that? What is with actors in that shit, too? Because that's, I mean... I mean, do you, at a certain point, do you have to, like... Rick, what he wasn't going to unless he had to. Like, he realized at a certain point that he had to change. And that's why he started doing his fistful of dollars. <laughs> a few dollars more. Like, that's basically what those spaghetti westerns were, essentially. Because yeah. the same thing happened to, like, Clint Eastwood. A lesson that I learned from my dad when I was telling him about this movie so he had to do he had to do westerns because he wasn't like popping. My dad was telling me, and don't quote me on this, but my dad was telling me like Clint Eastwood also was that kind of actor, and then had a moment where he was starting to fall off, and so he kind of went to do like spaghetti westerns, and then came back. Oh, see, I didn't know that about him. I I don't know much about Clint Eastwood, like his career beyond like dirty Harry. I was just going to say he low-key hockey, real racist, but well, I mean, I've, I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah. And his son I mean, acts allegedly. His son has a face calling, and is a person. Allegedly. Is that what, is that what we're calling it? I mean, I said his son acts. I mean, his son is in movies. He's but there. Like in them. Is that what we're going to call acting? He says I mean, words lots, in movies. That's, I mean, lots of people do that. I mean, <laughs> his face and name are on posters for movies and he's in them and he says words. I mean, I don't say I'm not willing to call it acting quite yet. <laughs> he's on film. He is on, somebody has captured him on film. They've captured, like, captured his lack of presence on film. I mean, you can capture me on film, but I wouldn't call it acting. <laughs> oh, I do like the good, the bad, and the ugly, though. I did like that movie a lot, which is surprising to me for multiple reasons. Um, well, yeah, I didn't know he fell off like that, but I guess um, Wikipedia calls him um, an enduring cultural icon of masculinity. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, girl. Mm. Well, mm, I don't know. um, so yeah, I was gonna say something about Stuntman too. It made me want to watch Death Proof, but I love Death Proof. 
And they had a thing too, because um, I went and saw this movie at Alamo Draft House, uh, about the stuntman and they also had a guy. So they talked about Zoe um, on the hood of the car and Death Proof, um, because that was all real. She was actually swinging on that damn car going at I don't know how many miles an hour and um hanging on and sliding and and stuff like that so um they talked about that and then they also had a guy who kind of I don't remember his name I feel so bad um they had a guy who was talking about how he was working um at Spawn Ranch like in real life and that he met Charles Manson because he was supposed to be a quote-unquote mechanic there (laughs) and I was like girl no and like I think they they realized like a few moments like maybe like a year later like once his name came up in the news they're like oh yeah that's that guy who like fixed this truck Ah! on the set of our movie I was like hell no and then also Tex was there at one point like another movie and I forget who kicked him off the set I feel like it was the director or somebody Cause I think he was like Tex was there being a creep and like, like, you know, DJ Jazzy Jeffed him <laughs> and just tossed him out. And then they were in work, you know, cause it's in like some, like in a desert and there's like all these canyons and stuff and they hear like gunshots and shit <laughs> out in the canyon. And so I was like, no, he has like actual bullets. Like he's crazy. <laughs> they was like, why didn't y'all tell me? Oh my God. So I think they were kind of worried he's going to come back and bother them some more. And I was like, oh, girl. Because I was like, don't put it past him. But yeah, that was, um, I love when they do like the behind the scenes stuff. So I wonder if this too will bring up more about the stunt man, um, the campaign for stunt men and women to get um, Oscars. Actually, that was, uh, that was actually a part of the presentation or like part of the, the reel before the movie was um, there's like a group down in Austin uh, that they they are advocating for like best stunt coordinator. I think Alamo too is advocating for that. But there's a, a group down in Austin that kind of talks about stuff like with stuntmen of yesteryear and all the things that they did. So I thought that was cool. That actually sounds really cool. I don't know why they don't get that shit. Like fight scenes are a big deal and people die fairly regularly. Yeah doing this which is a problem yeah so um but yeah and um one more thing i would like to say okay let them have it let them have it so i went and saw this movie as i said on 35 millimeter film now i am not young enough to have never seen a movie on film but i am not necessarily someone who knows the ins and outs of different um film things (laughs) like I mean I don't even have the words for it now you know but I just saw a tweet came down on my timeline on Sunday after I saw the movie like literally like an hour after I saw the movie that was complaining that Fandango was explaining what 35 millimeter film was versus like seven because Tangio has it in digital he has in 35 millimeter and he has in 70 millimeter and I had the option to see it um in all three so I didn't know 
what I wanted to see the movie in. So I found myself Googling it before I bought my ticket because I was like, well, I don't know, like, the ratio. I don't know what it's going to look like. Like, you can say it looks great, but I don't know. And, like, I, I was getting tickets quite close to the front again. So I wanted to make sure I was like, okay, like, I have seen a movie on film before, but, like, it, you know, it's been a while. So, like, I wanted to make sure... But I just thought it was bullshit that you would complain that a website is explaining this to people. Like, this is... People complain about there's how there's no film, like people are transitioning to digital, that it's not the same as film, and blah, 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 blah. And I can understand that. I can, I get it. I get it. I get it. You want to preserve things that are important because this is a medium that is important to you. I fucking get it. But why are people getting so pissy when people do not have the information readily available? Like, the average moviegoer at this day and age, does not know what 35 millimeter film is. I am sorry. That's just the reality of it. Y'all have to understand people like we're coming up in the end of 2019. There's no more of us 20th century babies. Okay. So like these kids who want to be filmmakers, who want to learn, who might not have the same access to things as you might have not learned the same way as you, they're going to be making the films of tomorrow. Like you, these kids are in film school, going to be graduating in a couple of years. Why are you being so bitchy to your average film goer and to the youth? I don't fucking understand. You're not going to be here forever to manage and gatekeep how film is watched and all this other shit is going to come down to these kids. So why wouldn't you give them the information? Why wouldn't you be proud to know if you tell me, Oh, like if I'm somebody's random, what? I don't know. Mother of two, whoever, who doesn't go to the movies all the time. And I was like, Oh, I mean, I don't really know. Like, I just want to see it in digital. I just want to see it regular. I don't know what 70 millimeter is. I don't know what 35 millimeter is. Like, I just want to see it regular. That's what probably what they're thinking. Like, let people have the information. What is the problem with letting people have the information? Why are you complaining? I don't understand. There's so many people who complain about the film is dying, that people only want to watch shit on Netflix, that this is happening, how dare streaming movies get Oscars and all this other bullshit, but all of a sudden, if somebody's explaining this to these children who maybe have never seen a movie in 35mm, and they're like, oh, this is cool. I want to see this. I keep hearing about this film. Like, I want to know, like, how Tarantino wanted me to see it. Why are you getting so mad? Why are you getting pissy? Because people are assholes. I don't understand it. Like, it just pissed me off to see that because I'm like... I'm sitting here almost 30. I have definitely seen a movie on film, but I do not know the ins and outs. And I'm trying to learn because I like watching movies. And if the director's like, you know what? I really think it's important for film to be shown the way, like in this manner, in this medium, this is important to me. And I try to go see it because I'm like, I'm trying to put myself in the position of them, trying to see what they're trying to tell me. So I'm going to go see it in 35 millimeter or whatever. If it's available, I will do I will go do it. It was the same fucking price, too. It wasn't like I lost money. <laughs> like, it was the same price. Because I go to the early bird show. Because <laughs> I'm a little cheap. But, like, I just didn't understand that. I just was like, no wonder people do not want to fuck with y'all. No wonder people think people on film Twitter, 
quote unquote film twitter are annoying because most of y'all are y'all are <laughs> like, bro y'all are sorry y'all, y'all are we is, and it's we just are. so that's so much like and like i don't know if people realize like how gatekeepy that sounds like but like if i'm just like a girl who just wants to learn about film and i said look at these kids they don't know what 35 millimeter is like duh bitch they don't know <laughs> So explain it to them. That should be your job. You should be welcoming these kids and helping them understand. If you want to preserve this medium, fucking explain it to them. It's not that hard. Thank you, Fandango, for explaining it to people. (laughs) Thank you, movie, you know, movie companies and theater companies for explaining it to people. Because goddamn, if we left it to critics, they wouldn't understand a fucking thing. Y'all just talking to each other. Shut the fuck up. Damn. All I'll do is just fucking circle jerk and shit. Like, fuck off. That shit pisses me off, man. Like, I see it all the time and it just infuriates me because I know that there are people who get intimidated by that stuff because nobody wants to look like they don't know something. It's very, you know, it takes a lot of like humbling of yourself to actually sit up there and be like, I don't know this. Can I ask you a question? Because people act like it's such a fucking like, oh, you should know what this is. No, they don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm just ugh, I'm done. Like, suck a dick, man. Y'all quit it. Suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I didn't see that. I just. Sometimes film Twitter has to take a break. They've been up in arms about a lot of different things concerning this movie all week. And all I want to say, since we getting on our soapboxes to talk about stuff, um, if you love this movie, great. If you hated this movie, okay. For most part, for most people, you probably paid money to see it. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, Bridge Goblin still got your dollars. (laughs) So, like, even if you went, if even if you went like me, a noted raggedy bitch, and saw it just to see what it's about, you still supported the man. So I mean, you have to look in the mirror and accept it, like I do. So, oh, you know what's so crazy? That's what it is. A lot of people, were, a lot of people were actually like on Letterbox. A lot of people were like, I am calling into question like every Tarantino movie I've ever enjoyed. And I was like, damn, it's like rocking people to their core, like. They're having existential crises out here <laughs> and shit. Like, what does this movie really happen? Like, what happens in this movie? And I saw it and I was like, I mean, all right. I mean, that's that's the price. Like, every time I tell you I love a movie from when I was younger <laughs> and you watch it as an adult and you look like, bitch, that's what it is. <laughs> like, that's exactly what it is. And that's what I think it is for a lot of filmmakers. And I think... That's why a lot of people love movies because they've seen it at pivotal moments in their lives and they hold it up on a pedestal and they just can't accept that it may not be that great. And I feel like Tarantino is one of those filmmakers. And see, like, I love Tarantino's movies. Like, I'm not somebody who's like, oh, I think he's overrated. I think he's a great director, even with all his kind of, like, weird quirks and shit. Like, he's one of those directors that I feel like he loves films and he loves filmmaking and he he's actually somebody I don't feel like he's so snobby about it like he's definitely on like the 
preserve film parade and stuff like that. And they can, that whole group of directors can be annoying as fuck, by the way. But I feel like he genuinely enjoys making movies, which I feel like a lot of people kind of, they agonize about it. Like when they talk about movies and like, or they don't even like talking about their movies. Like I'm sure Tarantino could talk all damn day about directing and like what movies he watched and this is the movies because he loves movies he loves jerking off to movies he (laughs) loves the women he puts in movies because he has definitely jerked off to them he just loves the whole thing yeah but i think that i think that he loves feet kind of he does love feet but i think that is kind of rare sometimes to find somebody who's genuinely passionate about it from top to bottom um and would do it you know even if he was in like his backyard making movies like he would still be making movies you know what I mean and so I like that about him but I also like I mean I don't put it and I should say too Kill Bill Volume 2 is a movie that means so much to me it is like one of those movies I watch when I am depressed and I feel like lost I think I watched it like the entirety of the summer of 2014 or whatever watched it over and over again so it means a lot to me even with all the bullshit that happened in during the making of that movie which like I had to sit there and be like oh Tarantino (laughs) you're trying (laughs) I'm being tested lord I'm being tested but like that's a movie that I hold in high regard and it is one of my favorites like if you look on my letterbox it is one of two movies in my favorites I have not put any others so I really really do like it's it's something that means a lot to me personally. But also, I'm not somebody who's like, oh, yeah, Tarantino can't do anything wrong. Like, both things can be true. You can love a director and realize, like, he makes some mistakes and t- goes the wrong way at times. That's a healthy thing to, like, realize. I don't know why people can't do both. One thing that I've learned with interacting with other people who watch movies like I film Twitter mostly that a lot of it is black and white a lot of it is I love it I hate it and there is also like there's no room for gray um and I mean sometimes it gets really tiresome and honestly I understand sometimes you do have to draw a hard line Mm -hmm. with certain things. Like you, there are certain things that you do have to draw a hard line with, Like this is unacceptable. We, we can't fuck with this anymore, but sometimes it, it just gets overwhelming and you call for a lot all the time like everything is always reactionary everything is always dramatic and sometimes it's just like bruh just take a chill pill like either you either watch this movie or you don't watch it like it doesn't it's not the end of the world like it doesn't fucking matter it's a movie <laughs> it really does it and this is like his highest uh earning weekend ever so i mean he good <laughs> like the money is being recouped. <laughs> so like, if you don't watch this movie, it's perfectly fine. Um, I don't think I would sit up there and be like, yeah, you should totally see this movie. I, I would be like, eh, about it, you know, make it a Netflix night, make it a girl. Watch this on stars. <laughs> watch this on 
are. Girl, just watch fucking watch Pulp Fiction. Just watch Pulp Fiction. Watch my bae, Steve Buscemi, and Rest Portals. How did you manage to bring it back to Steven Vincent Buscemi? Yes. <laughs> is that his real name is Vincent? It, yes, it is. Steven Vincent Buscemi. Oh, come on, first, middle, and last name. An American hero whom I love with all my black heart. And not the <laughs> color of my skin, like my dark heart. Her dark, frozen, soulless heart. Yes. <laughs> not, I didn't say my black ass heart. I just said my black heart. Okay. There's a difference. Okay. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> Uh, do we have any movies that we would say that people should watch um, along with or instead of? I mean, aside from Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Um, my I like Jackie Brown. We said it during our uh, Foxy Brown episode. Um, but Jackie Brown is a good Tarantino movie. I love it. It's one and of my I, favorites. I love Death Proof. Yeah, beyond all words. I mean. So. Be careful, but yeah. I mean, you're going to get some bullshit. (laughs) You are going to get some bullshit. But, you know, I mean, it's entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it is. At the very least, entertain me. Yeah. If you're not going to change my mind about anything or raise any decent questions, like, you can entertain me. Yeah, and just remember, you do not have to support this goblin if you don't want to. I really want to know if he's really going to do the the tenth, like he's going to do ten movies and that's it. Um, probably not. I don't know. I Whatever. don't like when people do go on retirement tours, but he said that people really just be asking him. So he's like, I'm really not trying to like do too much with that whole thing as far as like bringing it up every five seconds because he's like, I know it looks like I'm bringing it up every five seconds, but I'm really not. It's just people ask me questions and I answer them. So. Um, yeah, I wonder, yeah, well, he's talking about doing Star Trek. (laughs) That's, that's a test. That's test. That's literally (laughs) testing me. That's a personal test. That's a personal test for me. I'm not really, I'm not really into Star Trek. Do I want to hear Bones call Spock a space nigger? No, I do not. But you didn't even talk about. We didn't even talk about how there was no hard R in this movie. However, there was a colored. (laughs) (laughs) There was a a Mexican slur. And there was also. uh, Yeah, that was the only two, I think. That got. Yeah. There was another one that was kind of like a, like a, on toe in the line. And somebody was like, this is, this is growth. And I didn't know if they were serious or not, but I was like, okay. And I was like, wait. Yeah. Recently called that man colored. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait a minute. He thinking me. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, you love calling yourself a negress. If anybody else called me a negress, (laughs) I will beat your ass. Has Quentin Tarantino said negress in a movie yet? He was probably like in Django or some shit. And like, oh God, yeah, I forgot. Ooh, people were mad at him for that movie. 
I've Spike always, Lee was mad at him for that movie. I've only seen it once, and I've never I've only gone seen it back. Once. I've only seen it once, and I remember laughing hysterically when somebody got shot. <laughs> but it was the way they kind of flew out the room. I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> so, I was like, I had a you moment, actually. <laughs> Laughing, be the only one laughing in the damn theater. <laughs> I had something that probably was not funny. <laughs> my mom was like, Ashley, shut up. Oh my God. <laughs> A mess. Um, okay. So, do we have anything else we want to add other than the fact that was Samuel L. Jackson not in this movie? No, he was not. That's crazy, too. I mean, he's doing different things now. But he always be, you know, one call away. Maybe he didn't pick up this time. I mean, I ain't never seen Sam not pick up. <laughs> so, but like, he has the power to not pick up now. He does have the power not to pick up, but he's had the power like that for a long time. He is consistently the most watched actor on Letterboxd. Maybe Disney said it was illegal for him to pick up. Disney's going to ruin everything, and we're going to get to that in a future episode. Yeah. But I, I have thoughts. Yeah. Because apparently they're stopping people from, like, showing screenings of older movies from, like, Fox Searchlight. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a theater, you can't show certain movies now? Because mm-hmm. they own it, and I'm like, the fuck? mm <laughs> I love going to see old movies at the theater, like movies I didn't get to see, like when I was like younger, because I was either too young to see them or whatever. Mm, mm, mm. Mess. Bullshit. We all gonna be working for the mouse. Yeah, we gonna be. <laughs> Wait, I'm not even gonna say. It. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the cynicism. <laughs> Uh, okay, you can definitely reach us on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. You can email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at blackgirlfilmclub.com. Um, where else are we? We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. If you want to be cute, please leave us a review. We love reading reviews. Because we love you guys. We love you guys. We love when y'all talk to us. Um, we are really excited for our August picks. Yes. Brittany is pra- practically vibrating in her seat over there. Yes. I can tell. I am ready to be kicked in the chest by these movies. I can't wait. It's going to be like a good old fashioned like 300 kick. Just like bam. Yes. Into a pit, bitch. I'm ready. A pit of despair. Yes. And- <laughs> And what, unrequited love? <laughs> Depression, all of it. I'm ready. <laughs> Misconnections. Woo! Send me there. <laughs> it's a dark pit, and we hope y'all are ready. So, we can't wait. <laughs> it's gonna be fun, guys. <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun to be depressed and sad. <laughs> it's gonna slap, guys. It's gonna be lit. Oh, God. It's gonna lit. It's gonna be lit. All right, cool. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. So thanks for listening to a very short episode. Is this short? No. It will be. Yay! Yay! Bye, guys! Bye!